You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. We're on our quest through the Bible. Route 66. There's 66 books in the Bible, and I'm taking this, taking you through the, through the, the Bible one book at a time. We have made it all, all the way from Genesis to the book of Acts so far. The book of Acts is a mighty book. It's the Acts of the Holy Ghost. It's named the Acts of the Apostles, but it's really the Acts of the Spirit. Yeah. Amen. It will make you strong reading the book of Acts. Milepost 44. It's hard to identify the, the really most important verses in the book of Acts, but I've narrowed it down to this little passage of three verses, and it's Acts chapter 2, verse 2, 3 and 4. Acts 2, 2 through 4. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them. And they were all, all, all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other, other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The reason why this is the most important verse and passage in the book of Acts is because of what it does for us, what it says to us. This is the defining moment between the old and new covenants for us. For us, Jesus died for our sins, good. He rose again from the dead, he was buried and he rose again from the dead. Good. He ascended upon high. What did he do then? He sent back the Holy Ghost. The real difference between the old and new covenants is the Spirit. The Spirit's interaction with men. In the old covenant, they had the Holy Spirit with them. They had him, they had him with them. He's been here all along. But he was never given to men like he is now. He did not just come on Pentecost as though he's going to do that every year and we need a new one all the time. He came, when he came, he came to stay. The Spirit of God came to stay once and for all and this is the real difference between the covenants, the old and new. John 7.37 says, In the last day, John 7.37 in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood in the, and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Yeah, 
But this he spake of, a, of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. The believing comes first, the Spirit comes next. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. You see, he said the Spirit's coming and you can come to him and get it, but you couldn't come on that day that he invited them. It wasn't going to happen yet until he was glorified. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit could be with them, be upon them, be all around them, be working for them, but not be their gift, not be in them forever. That's the real difference between the old and new covenants. And you're believing. You don't have to pray now. Oh, God, show us your spirit. Give us your spirit. And you don't have to do that. You don't even have to invite the Holy Spirit to come. Amen. When you came, he came. Right. I said, when you came, he came. Right. If you're here, he's here. Right. Amen. He didn't have to make up his mind to come. You make up your mind to bring him. You, bring up your, you make up your mind to bring him. He's coming with you. Yes. He's not going to leave you because you did something stupid. Or he wouldn't be with any of us today. Yes. I, heard, I heard somebody say amen real loud right there. <laughs> he is with you. To, to, to supernaturally charge your life. To give you power that you don't know you have. Amen. Yes. Amen. He came to live inside you. Paul says, stir up the gift that is in you, 2 Timothy 1. Stir up the gift that's in you. That's the verse just before the one that says, For you have not received the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That's what you stir up, power, love, and a sound mind of the Spirit of God. Most of us have other means, though, of tapping into the spirit realm. I heard about one guy said, one guy said, I'm on an all-whiskey diet. So far, I've lost three days. <laughs> that's, a, that's a cheap substitute. It doesn't work for very long. No more begging the Holy Spirit to come. Really, no more need to invite Him to come. Instead, he should, we should do what the Bible says, and that is stir up the gift. Let me just read that 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given unto us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I love Jesus so much. I threw away all my friends to have him. I didn't have to throw them away. They just left. I came to Christ and they thought I'd lost my mind. Because I was a rock and roller, you know. Did a lot of other, th other things that goes along with rock and roll. Did all that. Somebody asked me yesterday if I'd seen a pink unicorn. <laughs> Somebody asked me yesterday over there, over there, the little kid lost a pink unicorn. He said, did y'all see a pink unicorn? I said, well, you see them a lot. <laughs> I hadn't seen one lately, but I used to see them all the time. You know what I was using. <laughs> I came to Jesus and I got hungry for the things of God. Now I'd heard about this Holy Ghost thing all my life, you know, speaking in tongues and all that. Sometimes you'd hear Casey, he breaks out and he can't help himself. Don't be offended, just enjoy. See, it's a good thing. 
No, we wanted to speak in tongues. I just wanted to, you know, everybody I knew that had power with God spoke in tongues, so I wanted it. So I was in my bed one night and I'd been asking God to give me that gift, and it didn't, didn't come. It just didn't come. I prayed more and it didn't come. And I heard a testimony of my pastor's mother-in-law who received when she was washing dishes. She'd been in the church a long time and prayed a lot, a lot of times to receive the Holy Ghost, you know, but it didn't come upon her. So one day she was in there washing dishes, just praying, just, just worshiping God, washing dishes, and all of a sudden she realized she was speaking an unknown language, a language she had not learned. So I got up out of bed and went in the kitchen, thinking maybe that's where it happens. <laughs> so I got down on my knees and I started praying, asking God for it. And I got one syllable that sounded stupid to me. Ab. Ab. I saw it in written across my mind, A-B. I had no idea what that meant. Ab. And the devil said, don't say that. And I said, okay, I won't. So I stopped. I went on my way and I was preaching at a place down in East Texas. And I was in a room with all these charismatics. I was a Pentecostal. They were all charismatics. That means they were Lutherans, Catholics, Baptists, Methodists, all speaking other tongues. I said, God, why you let this happen for all these people? They're not even Pentecostals. I'm the only Pentecostal here and I don't speak in tongues. What's wrong with this picture? I said, I want this, Lord. He said, you have it. I said, I have it? He said, yeah, and I went back to the kitchen, my kitchen floor where I was down on my knees and I heard myself say, Ab. I said, Ab? So I said it again right there and it just flowed out like water. This language of heaven came out of me. It's been coming ever since. Hallelujah. Found out later that Ab is, a, is an old word for father. Yes. Amen. Amen. Father. That was the first word of that prayer that came out of me. I had no idea. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. You can receive for yourself today if you want it. It's not spooky. It's not weird. It's supernatural. It can't be explained, but do you want everything about your relationship with God explainable? Do you want everything with your relationship with God be able to, for somebody to be able to describe it? I, I don't. That's relationship with religion. If you can define it all, all the time. Your relationship with God is supernatural. Amen. Mile post 45, let's go along. Most important verse in Romans is easy. You ought to know this one. Romans 1, 16 and 17. We have to do both of them. Romans 1, 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, wherein? In the gospel. For therein is the righteousness of God re revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. This is a centerpiece of the Reformation, which is the centerpiece of Western civilization. 
How many of you voted this in this last election? Let me see your hands. You know how you got to go vote? I don't care who you voted for. I don't care. Somebody said Trump, Trump. Somebody, said, somebody didn't vote for Trump. Some did, some didn't. I don't care. That didn't, that didn't save you or lose you. It didn't save you or lose you. Amen. Amen. But what I do with care is you have the right to do it. The reason you have the right to vote is because of Western civilization being established in the earth. It came out of a, out of a great re revival called the Reformation. The re Reformation was sparked by one angry German monk by the name of Martin Luther. And that little Martin Luther, that little German monk, he was mad. He started preaching. What, what got him was, one day he was in, in Rome, visiting Rome, climbing up these steps. They're called the Scala Sanctum, Sancta. Scala Sancta, S-C-A-L-A-S-A-N-C-T-A, Scala Sancta. means holy steps. St. Helena, they call her, who was the mother of Augustine, uh, uh, the mother of Constantine, the great, the great Constantine. In 326 A.D., the 4th century, had people go to Jerusalem and take the step, these marble steps out of, out of the palace of the Praetorian Guard, which was uh, where Pilate lived, Pilate's court. And they believed that these were the steps that Jesus walked up on Pilate's, when Pilate sentenced him. They took, they took them to Rome. They said, the only way you can climb up these steps here in Rome, because they're holy, is on your knees. And if you get on your knees, you get so much indulgence for all the 19 steps that there are there. On your knees. You have to do it on your knees. That's the only way that you climb those steps. Martin Luther was climbing those steps one day in 1512, five years before the Reformation began. He was climbing those steps on his knees, crawling up them, doing penance, trying to do his good works. And he heard shouting in his soul, the corridors of the soul of his of the, the halls of his soul, he heard these words, the just shall live by faith. Amen. He heard it again. The just shall live by faith. He heard it again. The just shall live by faith. Amen. He jumped up and ran down the steps. <laughs> Never went back. Amen. Never went back. Amen. And it stuck with him. He could not anymore trusting his own re religious works for indulgence or forgiveness. Five years later, he wrote a sermon. Y'all think this, this series has been long? He, this, this sermon has 66 points. I'm just preaching to you three or four every, every week, okay? He had a 95-point thesis. A sermon was 95 points. You know, it, it took a while to get through all that. After he read it to his church, they, they nailed it to the Wittenberg Castle Church door in Germany. 
when they nailed that sermon to the door, the world began to change. Everything started changing. And we are in a 499-year revival right now. Next year will be the 500th anniversary of the Reformation starting. It's on October the 31st. Amen. It's an amazing thing when you think about it. A revival that's gone on for 500 years. And proof of it is that you got to vote this last Tuesday. Are you hearing me? That's a revival that changes, that changed the world. I want to be in on that kind of revival that changes the world where it can never be the same. Milepost 46. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. First Corinthians 15.3 says, For I, Paul, delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. He calls this the Gospel. Paul calls this simple thought the Gospel. The Gospel it's a three-pointed sermon. Everybody help me. You, you ought to know this one. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And He was buried and He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Three ideas in the Gospel. Not one of them have anything to do with your actions. Now, none of them have anything to do with what you did. The Gospel is not about what you do. The gospel is about what Jesus did. Don't ever forget that. It's all about what he did. Your only part is to believe it. They call it the gospel because they couldn't think of anything else to call it. The good news. It's as though that when they heard this message of Jesus and the grace of God, they realized that they had never really heard any good news until then. So they just called it the good news. Because everything else had been Bad news. What's more, what's more is they could not imagine there ever being any other news to come better than this news. Amen. This was called the gospel, the gospel for all time. Hallelujah. So you can abandon yourself to Jesus. You can abandon yourself to Him. All self-effort for salvation can cease today. Today. Only believe, the Bible says. Only believe. We're going to watch a little piece of a, one of my favorite, favorite films right now. Won't you see this? Indiana Jones. Turn out the light. And the lion's head. A leap of faith. And you must hurry. Come quickly. 
leap of faith. work. This is Christianity at its best right there. You hear this message of the gospel and it looks like it's too, too risky. Really, there's nothing for me to do but believe him. That's right. That's something I've got to do. I've got to get a rope to scale this chasm between, between me and God. I've got to do something. I've got to say I'm sorry. got to do something. No. You have to believe what he said. He said... Christ died for your sins. You cannot repent enough to pay that price. You hear me? You cannot repent enough to pay that price. And Christ already died for your sins. Amen. I'm challenging you today to abandon yourself to Jesus. Believe on Him. For every day of your life, let the gospel work in your life every day. It will change everything. Every challenge you have is met by the gospel and its power. It is a power of God and of salvation to everyone who believes. And finally, my post 47 for today, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. This is the outcome of everything we have said today. The empowering, the gospel, the hearing of the gospel and what it does for you. This is in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. The most important verse in, in 2 Corinthians is this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. How many of you are glad about that? I got some stuff back there I don't want catching up to me. I got some stuff back there I don't want catching up to me. What necessitated this was the laws of seed time and harvest. The reason God had to change you was to keep the laws of seed time and harvest off your back. He could not change the laws of seed time and harvest. The Bible says seed time and harvest shall always be in place and even God will not be mocked. It's going to be in place forever. Plant a seed, you're going to get what comes up from that seed. I don't know about you, but I've planted some bad seed. And I don't want it catching up to me. I don't need that harvest. But I can't escape it. I, John Holler could not escape his own harvest. It has to come back to me somehow. 
So God had a predicament. He could not change the laws of seed time and harvest. So he changed us. You became a new creature so that old things could really pass away. You never had to pay for your sins. Amen. How many of you are happy about that? I'm really happy about that. Amen. Your sins are washed away and will never catch you again because you're not who they think you are. Sins don't know the, the old person. Righteousness reveals the new you. Any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Tell two, two people, you're a new person. Tell somebody else, you're all brand new. Brand new, praise God. You're not what you used to be. You're brand new. Amen. No need in wishing. No need in hoping. You use your faith. Every day and say, I am the righteousness of God. Not hoping to be. Not like, not like the guy who said, my mother-in-law fell, fell down a wishing well. He said, I was amazed because I never knew they worked. <laughs> that was kind of funny to think about it. You don't have to go around wishing for good things to happen to you. You have faith in God. Have faith in God. Believe good things happen to you.